four, please. Snap judgments are on the tee. Brought to you by Ryan Day, golf coach and quarterback coach at Ohio State. I knew you were going to start there. Yeah, That's Bill Landis. Most, that was like the hey, least bold prediction of the season. <laughs> it was literally on a tee for me. That's Bill Landis, Jeremy Birmingham, and I am Austin Ward. Uh, snap judgments are brought to you by Byers Auto. Uh, a, a busy, newsy day with Ryan Day and Jim Knowles. Uh, I guess we'll start first before we get into all the quarterback conversation with the injury updates. Uh we were told coming into this week that Lathan Ransom had avoided the worst-case scenario. Ryan Day did not specifically address that. They're going to continue to evaluate the Ohio State safety throughout the week, but uh, it looks like this is a couple weeks rather than a season-ending injury, which given the nature of the non-contact look to it, that is a dodged bullet for the Buckeyes so that the door is still open that he could play at some point in November or by the end of November. Uh a worse development for Ohio State in the in the backfield. Mayan Williams is out for the season. He has already had uh, a surgery to address that. No, no insight yet on what that would mean for his future at Ohio State. He does have uh, a year of eligibility left uh, should he choose to use it, but the Buckeyes will not have him available down the stretch. So those are the two big ones. And then the quarterback has uh, a sore left ankle. He has had that for the last month, but nobody wanted to talk about or Ryan Day didn't, if that impacts his mechanics or explains a slow start because he still finishes yeah. the game strong. And I know that was something that you had in mind coming in, Bill. Well, I was just curious about it because, and he did it again today a few times, he's talked a lot about Kyle McCord's footwork. And I think the reason he talks about it is probably because it's not as consistent as it needs to be, which is why you see some erratic throws from time to time. And when you see the really good throws, it's because his feet are underneath him and he's all synced up and he's he's looking like the five-star quarterback like he was coming out of high school. But I would think it's difficult to always be consistent with your feet when one of them is not working the right way, which is I tried to ask that to Ryan Day today. And I'm, I'm, I'm not asking it as a means of making it ex- making excuses. I'm trying to find explanations for why there's been such a disparity, particularly with Kyle in the first half and in the second half of games. And if that ankle is part of the, the equation there. I'm, I'm sure that it is that Ryan Day didn't want to say that it was. Um, part of that is probably, I guess, just the way they kind of handle injuries here. But um, he also doesn't want to I could probably make excuses for Kyle either. Um, he needs to play better. He's expected to play better, regardless of whether or not he's 100%. There was a discernible error whenever the question was asked about Kyle McCord today of this. Deal with it. Right, like oh, I thought that was your Connor Stallions. That was question. that was Ryan Day. Like he did not seem interested in talking about Kyle's injury as a limiting factor for him at yeah. all, as if to say, "Toughen up, Buttercup. This is this is the job." Um, I I didn't get called on in the day press conference, but what I wanted to ask him was back in 2021. This is something I've talked about a lot. Ryan Day had a moment in a press conference with us where he said C.J. Stroud had to decide how bad he wanted it. And I wonder if that conversation is happening internally at all with Kyle McCord and saying, how bad do you want this? Because, yes, we know you're hurt. We know you're a little bit dinged up. But you're the quarterback at Ohio State. You have to be the leader. And, and Ryan Day you know, did mention to Kyle McCord after the game or in the fourth quarter was, was the guy in the huddle being the leader. So maybe it's not to that point. But the way that the injury was spoken about had a, had a bit of a, like, get over it type of vibe too. I don't, I did Am not, I, I did not did, get that. Did, 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 I, maybe that was just me. I think that conversation was had in the middle of August, not uh, in the middle of a, the game at Wisconsin, because I think that goes into the conversation that I was asking, which like, 
did you want to take him out? And it was, or think about taking him out. And it was like, no, he wanted to play through it. He did not ask to come out. The, the leadership, that part, the way that he played in the second half that he was making throws. I, I don't know, maybe in the first half, but he also wasn't upset about the second interception. So, but he didn't I, get hurt till the second half. He's been hurt. I, I mean, the, it didn't get aggravated. Till the second half. I, I understand that point as well, but I, I don't. I don't think that this situation is like CJ in September of 2021. I didn't. Maybe Bill disagrees with me or what he heard. That that doesn't sound like what I was described. No, it just felt like yeah. every time we've heard or asked about questions or about injuries all year long, it's generally a well. He, he's going fi- to. We're working through it. We're going to figure it out. In this instance, it was everyone's hurt. Get over it. And and that felt different to me. I'm kind of in between. I'd be lying if I if I said I didn't think about. 2021 during some of the, the answers to the questions about the ankle it, it does feel a little different one like cj's thing was like his throwing shoulder so it's a, it's a I'd imagine a little more limiting or, or he thought it was a little more limiting i guess mm-hmm. um this doesn't quite feel that way and the situation in the room is different too because like there's not really another viable out like devin brown is practicing this week i guess i i'm surprised to hear that because it was less than two weeks ago where it looked like he got like at best a high ankle sprain and we know how long those take to heal. So we'll see what him practicing this week leads to and whether or not he's actually available on Saturday. I suppose you could try to figure out a plan to play them both to protect one, but you're going to play a guy who's like not a hundred percent protect another guy who's not a hundred percent. Like, I don't know if that makes sense either. Um, I, but I did feel like there was a little bit of like challenging Kyle and it's not like, it's not, him saying stuff to us that he hasn't already said to him, right? I don't think he's going about it the wrong way, but I do think there is a, that position in particular, like an expectation that like sucks, man. You got to play through some stuff at this position because like you're the guy. I think that the complicating factor for that when you're having that conversation is why I was so curious about how close they were to putting Tristan Jebbia in maybe plays in some to what Berm is saying. Like, okay, you do have to find out a different plan. If you are, intent and Ryan Day is saying, well, I agree. Kyle McCord is still good enough to lead this offense with that ankle injury. All that is points and signs and votes of confidence in him. Mm -hmm. Like, because if you were concerned that you thought the Kyle McCord of the first half was making too many mistakes, not seeing the field well, being careless with the football, then you would also use the ankle as a justification to take him out. Like, hey, you have the lead. Tristan Jebbia can go in there and hand off and maybe run the football and get to the finish line. And they and Ryan Day did not do that. So Kyle McCord didn't ask out. Ryan Day didn't take him out. The rest of the coaching staff didn't say, hey, this is hurting us and, and we got a problem. They, they were all unified in that response. And that's important again for this week because that tells you that right, it's not going to be CJ getting a, a, week's off, a week off to, to think about things while he rests and rehabs the shoulder. They're like, Kyle McCord is going to go to Rutgers and be the starting quarterback yeah. and is the starting quarterback. I, I do wonder... And we're not, this is not a psychoanalyzing show. We're not here to do that. But I think that one of Kyle's biggest potential hiccups this season is that I don't think he's always as confident as he needs to be. And I do wonder if, in this case, it, Ryan Day's challenge is to say, be more confident. You are the leader. Step up. Uh, CJ, for all of his potential shortcomings, especially in his first couple starts, like never lacked in confidence. Like, CJ, I, I was thinking about it today. We Four years ago today, we were in California interviewing CJ Stroud for his commitment stuff. And like, it's amazing how fast time flies, number one, that's he's already in the NFL, but uh, they're different people. And I think, you know, the carrot and the stick rule applies. People, 
people respond to things differently. And I do wonder if this is Ryan Day saying to Kyle McCord, step up, be the man, you are in charge here. Um, and in trying to give him confidence in by by saying these things, like it's okay to be hurt, but you're still you're still the guy. And he wants him to go play some golf, which I think is a great idea. That was uh, really smart analysis by Ryan Day in that part. Yeah. A couple things today, like the golf thing and then the breaking down of of the uh, pass protection issues against Rutgers were like vintage, like head coach talk. Yeah, it was. Um, I'm going to take those tips to the course for the next round. That was some Bob Rutella stuff there from Ryan Day. Uh, <laughs> what else did we learn, Bill? He, Ryan Day, felt like the offensive line took a step forward against Wisconsin, which I, th- I think I agree with, especially if we're talking about the run game. Like that to me felt like the most consistent performance they've had in terms of actually moving the line of scrimmage, getting up to the second level, creating not easy rushing lanes, but, but more easily identifi- identifiable rushing lanes for Travion Henderson, who also I think was probably seeing things as, as good as he ever has. Um, still wasn't perfect. And like you get a little bit of that progress in the run game and then you get some breakdowns and pass protection that I don't think have really been there all year. So it's like a little bit of give and take still with that position. But um, I actually thought the way that he talked about Burns, the, the breakdowns on some of the protections illuminated for me that like maybe those are play specific and not player specific, if, yeah. if that or makes like sense. Scheme problems. Scheme, or... scheme problems more so than, than personnel stuff. Like they're not a perfect offensive line. Like we, we all know that. I do think if you want to be a little generous, you can say that they have taken some steps forward here the last couple. We of weeks. didn't do a game rewatch this week because of travel and all that stuff, and we, you know, we're not going to do one this week. How many times did they run stretch to the boundary on Saturday? Because I, I don't think it was very often, I, if at uh, all. I only none. remember I only remember one, and it got uh, stopped immediately. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, it's hard to determine like what is mid zone and wide zone and full stretch, like full-on stretch into the boundary, I don't know that I saw it once. So maybe they're learning. Yeah, a lot of counter. Um, that sweep with Xavier Johnson is like a version of outside zone, but it obviously hits differently yeah. at different angles. But, yeah, no, their their run game is, I think, significantly different the last probably three weeks than it was the first three weeks it's of the season. It's kind of crazy how much experience in having your best player at the position makes a difference. Hmm. Maybe. Wow. Deep insight. So might also help the passing attack to have a Mecca Buka then. Yeah, I mean, yes. I think that's one of the biggest things that, like, I'm trying to find balance in the way we're covering this, this this offense this year. And, like, how much of this is just players breaking down on schemes and, you know, different schematical things that are doing wrong or execution-wise versus just, like, how can you possibly be at your best when you don't have all your best players? And, like, there is some balance between those things, and I, I just don't know what it is. I think that's been a huge challenge in covering this offense and we tried to say that after the game on Saturday that like doesn't have to just be this guy is great or he's the worst one ever like there's a lot of explanations in the middle I I think people have viewed that as making excuses or or justifying like I don't even think that that's necessary this team is eight and oh going into November with one of the best defenses in the country the the burden on the quarterback specifically in the offense as a whole is not as heavy as it once was and that's good because they are a bunch of new people and some of them are playing through injuries a bunch of key people yet again including julian fleming including kate stover which is same as last year including emeka egbuka who's missed a month now you had travion henderson who wasn't in the lineup for three games like seems like an average score of 33 to 10 is going to be pretty good i don't you only need to win by one yeah Yeah. no and i'm not even saying that like 
Okay, well, they're winning by go, 2,300 go. times more than they need to every yeah. week. To win, I'm not even saying that like Problem solved, folks. 2002 style. Like, not even, these aren't overtime games. They're not one point games. Like, they're still winning comfortably. And we'll see which myste- mysterious game control stat the College Football Playoff Selection Committee uses. But they're either going to be number one or number two in the country later on on Tuesday night. So, how significant are the problems? They were supposed to. They were supposed to bite him at Notre Dame. They didn't. They were supposed to hurt him against Penn State. They didn't. Like, there's only one other real opportunity that that could happen. And are you going to spend? Well, I guess I know the answer to this. Yeah. <laughs> spend the next three weeks stressing over that matchup. Yeah, yeah. you probably will. So that's yeah. and and should. That's fine. I don't. I, like, I I just don't look at this as some because that's Achilles' thing. heel. That, that's the question. Is 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 this good enough to beat Michigan and Georgia? So that's what that's what everything's being measured against. So. Like, it's easy to understand why people get frustrated about it, but it's also easy to understand why people are comparing it to that standard. It's just hard. Like, they're 85th in the country in red zone touchdown rate. They should be better than that. They had five of their six drives in the first half against Wisconsin, ended in Wisconsin territory, and only yielded 10 points. Like, that should be better. I think that's a fair standard to to hold them to. You don't have to put up a 45-burger every week, but it's, it's hard to stomach, I think, at times, wasted scoring opportunities, whether those are field goals or touchdowns. They, yeah. they wasted a couple of them against Wisconsin, and it just worries you, I think, sure. for the Michigan game, for the Georgia game, probably not anybody else that's left on their schedule. You're right. Like, they got by against Notre Dame. I don't want to say got by. They beat Notre Dame. They beat Penn State. They did what they had to do to win those games. But it's not comfortable living on razor's edge a little bit when you're not maximizing your scoring out. But it'd be one thing if they were, like, wholly dysfunctional and it was just like you know what that's just not who they are this year yeah. it's like they move the ball pretty well they just can't finish the drive and everyone wants, wants to see them make that next step and i i don't fault them for that i kind of want to see it too but the explanation for why they're not finishing it is different nearly every single time yeah that's and, and that's, that's what makes it yeah. more maddening because it's not like you can circle one thing and say fix this it's a bunch of different things i mean saturday night it's the one throw the Kyle mccord just can't make i was you know saw the statistical breakdown of C.J. Stroud in his eighth game in 2021 against Nebraska versus Kyle McCord's eighth game against Wisconsin, and they're, like, identical. And then I was like, I'm trying to think about C.J.'s first interception in that game. So I went back and watched it, and it's the exact same play. It's the exact same play. And you're like, okay, don't do that. But like, C.J. did have 405 yards in that Yeah, game. that well, part sure. was not <laughs> identical, <laughs> but I did mention that to you guys on yeah. Sunday. He got I was like, saved <laughs> at the end. I mean, Jackson, Jackson had the 75-yard yeah. catch and run. Yes. Yeah. 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 It's You watch that. I mean, Kyle threw for what, 226? 226. So it's not, it wasn't a great day, but again, he hurt himself, finished 13 to 15 after throwing the second interception. Like, it was seven for seven in the second half. You know, the kid has the ability to take that step. So, like, then you can start to cross out problems. Like, okay, this isn't the issue in the red zone. This isn't the issue. So then you start to break it down. But it seems like every week, because you can't put out a full roster, that problem takes on a different shape and that that's maddening yeah anyway it is all right what about the defense they're good okay yeah you got the answer we covered expected. yeah the safety the, the configuration of safeties if Lathan ransom is out when we think he'll be out for at least a couple weeks here is what we thought sunny styles will play the bandit and jordan hancock will be on the field all the time at nickel which is a luxury that not a lot of teams have to lose a player that's important as Lathan Ransom and be able to supplement and shift around with Sonny Stein and Jordan Hancock. Yeah, two other starters, yeah. When Jim Knowles says, well, maybe the other option to back up Jordan Hancock is another corner, who do you think he's talking about? Back up Jordan Hancock? That's what yeah, he said. Jair Brown? 
Well, Jair Brown was hurt on yeah. Saturday and out. Uh, and it's not going to be Jermaine Matthews. He made that clear. Well, if it's in the slot and, and Ryan Turner plays some slot, in the I, I think it would be Jair Brown down, assuming that he's not banged up for anything serious. He's yeah. the guy that's played that spot. Um, you know, there, that would be the only one that makes sense. But the point is, like, you should be able to just keep Jordan Hancock and Sonny Styles out there as much as you can. And then if you end up doing the dime stuff that they did a lot against Wisconsin, which was surprising, I thought that they took Josh Proctor off the field more against Wisconsin than they seem to have. Yeah, they, they really never took off the field prior to that. In the last uh, few weeks. So and they're, they're obviously trying to experiment with some things. You lose Jahad Carter, he's out. Cam Martinez has been hurt, as Jim Knowles said. He's been dealing with, like, a, I think, a hamstring issue. So, like, you have him trying to work his way back in, but obviously that's not the ideal scenario playing dime all day long yeah, because um, that's going to soften up the, the run game, especially against a team like uh, Yeah, it won't work this week. Yeah. No, this game's going to be played at a phone booth so, this week. By the way, Ohio State plays Rutgers on Saturday. I may have failed to mention that. Beat to R is not on the board yet. So. It will yeah. be. Today's about Ohio State. That's right. It's weird. It's it's But it's got to be Jared Brown if you're doing that. I mean, Calvin Simpson Hunt is not ready to, to take that step, I don't think. And Jermaine Matthews, I don't think they want to mess around with him in the slot. And I mean, I – Unless they would like, could you move Davis, Davis and Minosin into there yeah. and put and Jermaine Matthews on the outside? Mm-hmm. That's maybe where I would go. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. That, that seems like something that Davison could handle. Yeah, I didn't think it was a hint that a, another freshman or a younger corner was going to hop back in there. I thought, well, maybe that means Jermaine goes into the game and Davison slides in. If you have to do that, if you have to sub, and maybe they won't. I mean, if your you're point. going to dime, wouldn't it make more sense to do that and and move uh, Jordan back into the into a Dime safety look? I mean, that's what I would probably yeah. do as opposed to I don't know. I, the other plan. It's hard to argue with any of the decisions they made. I was thinking, like, we see Sonny come in and out of games and Josh Proctor going out of the game on, on Saturday. I'm like, is he hurt? And it's like, no, Jim Knowles is just doing his thing, you know? And, well, yeah. and like, okay, because it's you can't really question it to this point. I and I don't. Yeah, I don't I don't question other than, like, they put, if Cam Martinez has been hurt and, like, working his way back in, they put him in a pretty big spot yeah. <laughs> for, for a guy who was, like, Still working through some stuff, and he gave up a third and thirteen completion. So I don't love that decision, but otherwise, uh, yeah, I don't. Crossing routes are hard to defend. Yeah, especially when you're fifteen yards off the line of scrimmage. Exactly. Um, <laughs> I just think it's weird that we're at a place where Wisconsin is the matchup that makes you break out the dime package. <laughs> what happened to college football? Used to be a proper Cal is in the ACC <laughs> next year. You also didn't even need the dime to defend that yeah, offense because, like, yeah. Braden Locke wasn't gonna. He has one speed, which is like a ridiculous fastball. He sure does. And they don't have any receivers who can catch it. So, no, and then they lost the only good one they had in that game. That's sort of the challenge. Sometimes you're not playing against the opponent. You're like preparing. You're preparing yourself yeah. for those yeah. eventualities, right. and so you are moving parts around. Certainly, Ohio State could have gotten through that game by keeping Josh Proctor on the field in the dime situation and letting his athleticism do what it does. But like, you still have to prepare for down the road. Yeah. Right. Like. Mm-hmm. The Buckeyes are back on the road Saturday at Rutgers noon. Uh, was it CBS? CBS. Uh, massive opportunity for uh, massive the Buckeyes to get on an- another big draw for another new broadcast partner. So uh, stay tuned for that on Saturday. Until then, we'll have uh, Buckeye Q, some more Kings. We'll have the Pick Show. We got everything coming uh, this week to get ready for Ohio State at Rutgers, including this right now, which was Snap Judgments. It's brought to you by Buyers Auto. If you're looking for a new or used car, I beg you. Choose Buyer's Auto. That's Bill Landis and Jeremy Birmingham. I'm Austin Ward. We'll talk to you later.